Hi, and welcome to Practical Reliability. I'm George Williams. And I'm Joe Anderson. Joe. Yeah. We've got a very special guest today, someone that is literally responsible to make sure I can waste hours every day. Yeah. He is he makes sure that it is possible for my wife to yell at me at the dinner table for me to miss the show because I was busy doing something else. He's responsible for all that stuff. I'm talking about the one, the only, the leader of global data center reliability for none other than none other than Facebook, Mr. George Parada. How are you, sir? Great. And hey, George, I, I love that you made that connection because when people ask me, what do I do here? I literally like use those kind of examples. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you're responsible for making sure I can. And it's not a waste of time, right? It's how you connect to people. But, you know, it's it's like I could be productive and billable. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> or I could be, you know, saying happy birthday to a friend. Either way, you're making sure those things happen. And I think that's just outstanding. So for those of you that don't know, George is a reliability leader who discovered his passion uh, in this realm when he wanted to discover a better way to improve overall operations as a new production supervisor right out of college. Since then, he spent a large portion of his career working for a few food and beverage organizations where he's driven fundamental improvement in foundational maintenance and reliability practices through connecting people and processes. Imagine that. It's not the equipment. Awesome job by you. He's done lots of other things, including implementations of CMMS. Um, he really loves working from a people and strategic change perspective. Um, and outside of work, he loves to travel. As a matter of fact, he just told us he came back from holidays. Maybe he'll share that. So welcome, George Parada. How are you, sir? Great. Well, happy to happy to be here and to, to chat about you know, asset management and reliability with you guys. All right, George. So let's kind of dive right into this. Um, in your role and how expansive it really is, it's got to be pretty important for you to develop some standards and standard approaches to how you look at things like maintenance, reliability, asset management. Um, talk to us about how that's evolved uh, for you. Yeah. So, you know, just like in any organization, just, you know, coming coming here, you know, one of the big opportunities that, that I saw coming in is, you know, the organization has grown significantly uh, and, you know, continues to grow. And, you know, I if you guys follow me on LinkedIn, you know, I'm, I'm posting, you know, about announcing like of new data center regions that are be, that are going to be going under construction. And, you know, there was a several of those that, that came out uh, this last year and, and more more to come. But, you know, one of the things, George and Joe, is around um, tribal knowledge and getting that on paper. You know, <laughs> I have, uh, you know, I, I, have, I could probably talk about many stories and even just like in my past life around where, you know, we have a lot of knowledgeable people like, you know, at our data centers, like in companies that I worked at before. And how do we how do we just get these things on paper? And make sure that we can have like repeatable processes. And so that's been a big focus uh, for me. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, uh, along with my team, you know, rolled out, you know, even like within the first like six months was documenting an asset management playbook around, you know, these are like the, the key pillars when we think about asset management, you know, as they relate to, you know, elements like work management, you know, how do we define things like asset criticality? 
and just really kind of getting like those initial steps, um, you know, and before you start go going into like those shiny balls, if you will, like, you know, the, the whole, um, you know, condition-based sensors and, and things like that, we, we just really need to get some very foundational things in place. So that's been a big focus for, for my team um, over the last year and a half. Uh, George, can, can, you can you repeat what you just said in terms of, of, of people? Yeah. So, you know, with, as far as people just really getting, just really getting the, the, the tribal knowledge, um, that, that we have, you know, there, there was a lot of, there's a lot of things, um, that, that we do when it comes to asset management, work management, and those kind of activities. And we, we really want to make sure that things are repeatable, that we can point people to uh, documented, uh, you know, end to end processes. So that's been a that's been a really big focus for my team, just to really get those things on paper, get the processes mapped out, ensuring that we can just set those foundational steps as we think about asset management and, and as it relates to like the work that gets executed at the sites. I think the other really critical piece you just mentioned was that you have to focus on the basics, right? Like, like there can be all these great sensors, there can be all kinds of. Um, IIoT devices and algorithms and predictive maintenance. Um, but if you don't document the, that tribal knowledge and get that uh, into a system that is repeatable and you don't have the foundational entities in place, those other things are going to be limited in the value they can, they can derive. So I think that's, that's a really good approach that you're taking. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, a, a former, former mentor of mine, you know, he, he called them the shiny balls, you know, like the things like that you just said, George, like the uh, IIoT, the, you know, all like the, the fancy, uh, you know, technology that, that, you know, you know, industry 4.0 and, and uh, you know, and things like that are kind of taking us. But let's like understand, like, you know, like what's critical, you know, like what are the assets that we actually do need to maintain and what are the ones that we're running to failure? Uh, you know, what are the processes, how we're going to execute like our work order management. And so I think those things are just very key to just really get in place. So one of the things that in my background, I, I, I had to deal with, and I'm sure that you're dealing with now is two big pieces. One, how do you develop a strategy that sites in varying cultures and varying locations and logistics are all on board with and b how do you accommodate the fact that they are probably in different places in their journey can you talk to those things yeah no yeah that is actually uh <laughs> that's very spot on you know like and you, and you said like different spots in the journey but what i like to call it is like they're at different levels of maturity in their journey you know like so for example you know we could have like one location that you know it's a legacy site you know it's been operating for 10 years and you have another one that these guys are just getting uh you know they're just going under construction and so like they're just starting to figure out like hey what are like where is like the cafeteria or you know where is the uh that that pump you know for the uh industrial water system and so you know it's it's very it's been very key for for me to just really kind of really keep that in mind and as we think about how we're how we need to execute some of like these programs and processes around asset management and so this is like where we've you know, really thought about introducing this, uh, this whole maturity model, which is really how we see like evolving uh, asset management programs. And it's looking at like four different uh, dimensions, because it's I think it's really important, just like you said, they're, they're at, since there are different levels of maturity, 
um, you know, they're not going to probably, we're not going to see exactly like what we would see, let's say at the legacy site comparison to the, uh, to the, to the newer site. So like those four, uh, dimensions or elements are around, uh, the process maturity, uh, the deployment or execution maturity, uh, communication and, uh, and metrics. And I think that last one is super key because it also helps drive like how they, how they kind of pivot, you know, how they're performing, what support that they need. And then um, each one of those uh, dimensions or elements are then like on a scale of like a one to five, you know, from like initial, like, so think about like, what are the foundational things when we think about process, execution, communication, and metrics, all the way to like, where these are now like leading practices, you know, like for the business, for that particular site. And how do you get through the, the, the multiple language barriers, right? So you've got the, you've got the language barrier of, of how people speak and, and what language they utilize. Then you have the language barriers associated with the terminology site to site or locale to locale. And then you've got the language barriers of what does, uh, you know, asset management mean in, in one location from another, how, how have you tackled those challenges? Yeah, I'll be honest, like those are some of the challenges that we are working through, like as we speak, um, because, you know, not only are the sites, you know, working at executing the things like asset and work management, but they're also setting up safety programs or setting up like other operational excellence type of activities. And so really like prioritizing and thinking about like, when is the right time to like introduce you know, let's say things like work management or, you know, when do you introduce like a confined space entry program, you know, think about it from an environmental health and safety perspective. And so we've, you know, we, we've really just really been working through that around how we prioritize and not just like, you know, the activities that my team is responsible for, but also like, how do we think about the other operational activities that also need to be. So there's a big focus around, um, the, the bandwidth of the sites. There's a big focus around uh, when these things are important, what level of maturity are they at, uh, what kind of impact or benefit it's it's going to also bring, and really just get, getting those things organized. So I would say it's still a work in progress. I Don't worry about that. I, I failed three times at that before we were successful. So, so <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's a challenge, right? I mean, you go to a site and the site tells you not in my backyard or my priorities are different or we're different, or there's a thousand reasons why corporate shouldn't be giving us what our direction looks like. Right. Um, and, and in addition to that, it's not that they don't want to be on board, but they do have objectives and they have other things that they're working on, like you just said, like safety programs. So, you know, where does that all prioritize becomes a, becomes a question. How do you then help them at the next level down where they are creating the local strategy or, or are you not involved in that? Yeah, no, that's, that's very, that's a very good question. And so, you know, like we, we've been, we, we really think about this, like as the sandbox where like, we're really kind of creating like the, that frame of the sandbox, but we really want to allow for like the autonomy, like where, you know, there's going to be some localization. Um, so like, think about like, for example, like, you know, we want to have like, like, let's say a global, like maintenance strategy framework around like preventive maintenance activities that we do. 
but there's going to be like local procedures that they're going to have to adopt because of let's say unique differences as far as equipment geography the region um so you know those things you know we, we need to account for that you know but we still need to have like a framework because at the end of the day like you know we're a business you know even though that like you were saying earlier you know it's we're, we're utilizing like you know, Facebook, so we can keep the world connected and, you know, scroll and look at pictures and videos, but we're, we're still a business and we need to make sure that we, uh, we, we start driving a level of standardization to drive efficiency, um, to ensure that we can, you know, we can be an effective business. I think that's always a critical point that Joe and I, um, try to try to emphasize, you know, <sighs> No one starts a business with the business model of I want uptime unless you're the consultant trying to offer that. No one starts a business with the goal of I want to save the most money next year. <laughs> like they all try, start a business to be profitable, right? And to offer a service and, and see their vision to fruition. Um, but those visions are not usually be the company that focuses on cutting costs by 10% every year. It's, it's about what do you deliver to your customers? And there, you have to do that well and then figure out how to do that at the correct cost and maintain quality. And, and we like to say, you know, asset management is not for the sake of the asset, it's for the sake of the business. And, and it's really nice to hear you say that. Yeah, George, you know, that's, <laughs> as you were saying, I was just thinking about, um, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg, you know, like in early 2000s was not thinking about how his asset management system was going to operate for these future data centers. Right. And so, you know, as we like started to build our own, um, you know, that wasn't even like a thought process either. You know, but I think now that's one of the things that our team is really just trying to drive, you know, so like um, as we start thinking about like cost optimization and failure data analysis. Um, you know, there's not a lot of concerns for us at the moment, but we need to start thinking in that mindset because, um, you know, things change over time. And you know, so driving, looking at things like data standardization, sustainability and efficiency um, are where any organization just need to start looking at those things. You know, whether you're, uh, you know, a five year old company, you know, if, you have, if you're not doing that as like a 40 year old company. So how do you deal with the lack of a widget? So there's not, it's not a manufacturing facility. And so costs, it's really risk, right? You, you guys are, are focused on risk, but because you're a data center, there's so much redundancy, right? I mean, you got crack units that basically you need three out of any four in a quad to keep the place cool. Right. So mm -hmm. how, how are you, how are you cost justifying your efforts? Yeah, and I think a lot of that is just starting to just organize the data um, to just really show like the value and the impact that these things bring. Um, you know, like for me, like right now, it's, you know, really kind of setting up a reliability pillar. Uh, you know, since a lot of like the focus has been um, around just kind of a foundational asset management programs, now it's around like, how do we start looking at things like reliability engineering? And looking at tools like, you know, RCM, FMEA, RAM models, um, you know, th these are the things that are going to just really going to start to kind of show like the value where, you know, is there an opportunity to remove levels of redundancy, like to your point around like the uh, critical cooling and, the, and, you know, items like in the server racks. And so I think 
that that is something for us that we're really going after um, right now. Um, you know, we're, we're at a stage where you know we have the the data, but we have to start making sense of the data and translate that into like value drivers. So was was this position your first look at the data center space where you were in food and manufacturing prior? It was. It was. I I remember walking into my first battery room. <laughs> so so I can imagine what that must have been like for you at such a huge data center. Yeah, you know, just kind of working in like these uh, food refineries where there's like dust everywhere and, <laughs> you know, like equipment that is like, you know, 80, you know, 80, 100 years old, these like, you know, 200 year old plants. And then walking into like a data center for like my first time, you know, like a, about two years ago now, I was just like amazed. I mean, you know, for me, like a data center, like in my old plant was like my server room, like, you know, <laughs> to... it was a closet, right? There was a closet <laughs> in the back that somebody bought a rack for a couple of, and then now I'm looking, I'm looking, walking into these data halls with just like all this computing power, right? And this server power, uh, you know, and, you know, and, and just looking at all this like critical cooling equipment, you know, like the electrical infrastructure that we have, it, it was just amazing. And, you know, I'll be honest, you know, I, uh, you know, I, you know, I was very, very blessed to progress well, like in the food and beverage. But actually, when I joined Facebook, I, you know, said, you know what, I, I want to learn this new business and an industry. And so I came in as an individual contributor um, to just really focus on, you know, at the time, like our spares program. We, uh, you know, we were we had some opportunities around how we optimize our spares, like with our logistics, our internal logistics team. And at the time, you know, we didn't have an asset management team. It was just like, hey, this is just kind of like what we need right now. We need somebody that can really help us, like, look at, like, spares and how we, like, optimize spares. Um, and then just, like, over the period of six months, you know, I just started seeing, like, the opportunity around, like, man, we really need to have, like, these just key, like, asset management, like, functions around how we think about, like, maintenance strategies and how does this all tie to like work management and then eventually things like reliability. So, you know, my, you know, my manager, you know, stood up this, this team. And honestly, I was initially, I was just, you know what, like, I kind of like this, like IC kind of work, you know, like I've been leading people for like 15 years and uh, you know, maybe, maybe I just kind of continue doing this, but got a friendly tap on the shoulder and just to, you know, maybe further consider. And, you know, so he, here we are, about a year and a half later, like leading our, our asset management team for just Facebook. And it's, uh, it's been a blast and just kind of like learning the, like you said, like the industry, learning the, the technology. Uh, but I guess what I will say is that at the end of the day, like whether you're like in data centers, uh, oil refinery, a, a power plant, like asset management is asset management. You know, we're just kind of dealing with some, some different type of equipment here, though, but it's all the same. I, I could not agree more. And, and the, you know, we, Joe and I teach some courses and all kinds of other stuff. And the thing you always hear is we're different, right? We're not the same. Our approach can't be the same. And I got to tell you, if you've been in multiple industries and you do this, the only thing different are the regulations. That's right. <laughs> Everything else is the same. It's about people and it's about the transition from the assets managing you to managing the assets yeah. and everything else falls inside of that. 
Yeah. I think it's really cool too that you that you say, you know, I came in at, at one level and I got a tap on the shoulder. My career was much the same. I was a planner and, and we had a lot of success at planning and somebody called me into an office and said, what do you know about reliability? And I said, nothing. And they said, good, you're hired. So <laughs> um, that's, that's awesome. I love hearing stories like that. Um, I, I love your presence um, in terms of things like the maintenance community and, and other forums and, and um, you know, offering webinars and giving back. I think all those things are just absolutely commendable. Um, so A, thank you for doing those things for our industry. And B, um, can you can you speak to some of the, I know you actually just gave one, right? So um, do, do you have anything else coming up? Um, as, as far as just um, other other webinars and things like that, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing at the moment, you know, like, but to your point, George, you know, one of the things that I just try to do, you know, whether it's like externally with, you know, like communities like the maintenance community, or even internally, like with my recruiting team, um, just really just bringing more awareness and visibility to just reliability, asset management and maintenance, you know, I think, you know, it's starting to grow and, you know, folks like uh, the maintenance community and like yourself, um, you know, I think are doing a really great job to just kind of bringing more awareness and visibility to like what we have going on here, you know, and we span across many different industries. And I think it's really important to like, when I, like I mentioned, like talking to my recruiting team, like these are like the, the type of schools or the type of degrees that we need to tap into and say like, Hey, like, yeah, you could, you're a mechanical engineer, but you know, you know what you can do in that? If you were to go into like reliability and asset management, like it's huge. And so I think we need to continue to just drive that, you know, whether it's, you know, externally, like things like webinars and conferences or internally, like just kind of bringing presence to, uh, to this, uh, to this amazing uh, industry that we have going on. And uh, what about uh, attendance at, um, are you, are you hoping to, or planning to, I don't know what travel restrictions may exist, but uh, will you be making any presence um, at, at events this year? Yeah, like I'm, I'm really uh, hoping for. I was just talking to my friends over at Reliability Web to to make it out to the IMC at Marco Island. Still want to check out that new amazing uh, hotel that Terry and Mauda keep keep telling me about. Um, so definitely looking at making it out there and potentially uh, at, to the SMRP conference coming up uh, here in a couple of weeks too. Yeah, that'll be exciting. We hope to see you at both of those events. That'll be really, really cool. So um, we're going to wrap up in just a minute, but before I do, I, I'm curious about you earlier, you, you know, we were talking about language and how to get people on the same page. Um, and you talked about making sure there's a framework. So did you guys design a framework internally? Or are you using a supplier's framework or, um, or how, are, how are you tackling that to get people on the same, speaking the same language? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I got a, I got a pretty amazing team here uh, with me and, you know, like collectively, like we just developed like this, uh, you know, we just, we're just calling it the maturity model. Um, and it's just, again, looking at those steps that I mentioned earlier, uh, one to five rating, and it's just really how we just starting to use it as part of our language, our, our DNA, if you will, as we talk about, let's say, for example, our, our RCM program or our supplier quality program. It's starting to say, hey, like we're at a maturity level three. And so these are the steps that we are trying to get to get it to like a level four. And so that's that's just super key. Just so then we can say like, you know, this is how we're transforming things from like initiatives into like full blown out programs. So it's not always about introducing more, 
it's about working with what you have and making sure that you're maturing it to a level where it could be repeatable. You know, you're, you're getting like the right level of, of uh, performance and it's driving the right value for the organization. So um, it's really kind of been uh, self-built, just like a lot of the things here at Facebook. We tend to develop our, a lot of our own tools and, and processes. So that's, uh, yeah, that, that's what we're doing here. Very cool. And, and I think like, it's just, I enjoy watching folks like yourself uh, not only succeed in what you're doing, but it, for me, it's really intriguing when you take on the challenges of the position you're in, because at some point, they're all going to be talking the same language. The, the basic processes will be in place and there'll be this tipping point where it, it shifts from a push to a pull and you're going to be so busy, like <laughs> trying to help with everything that the sites are now demanding because they're, they've raised their own bar. And man, I cannot wait to see that happen for you. Um, and to talk to you when you get to that state, um, because I know it'll happen and, and not that you're far away. I mean, we didn't really talk about that, but it like it, you just know it. And when it happens, it, your whole focus as a leader shifts, uh, away from trying to develop those baseline skill sets and capture all the data to, man, I, I got to get a move on because this site's pounding on the table and screaming they they need a process for this and and they want to get here and the bar just keeps the competition between the sites will just keep escalating and and it's a pretty pretty nice place to be as a leader man so i can't wait till you get there yeah no i appreciate that you know and and also like wherever we can um you know automate processes for, for folks where you know these things are being done like proactively where you know, they could trust like when they go get that part off the shelf that, you know, it's going to be there for them. Uh, they can, you know, execute these things like in their in their systems. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely a journey. Uh, you know, as, as they say, like, you know, this stuff doesn't happen overnight. And so uh, just I'm glad to be a part of it. Glad to be working with some amazing people here to, to do that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being our guest on Practical Reliability. No, I, I appreciate the opportunity and uh, it was great chatting with you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, for Joe Anderson or Joe, I'm on mute Anderson for this episode. Um, I'm George Williams. Go make tomorrow better than today.